game described by two ugly gentlemen glory to columbus who are probably sitting at a soccer bar near you mcbride's in the box a hard cross mcbride scores it's 3-0 united states welcome to bone and bean united happy soccer podcast day what is up i am bone and i'm a rejuvenated very rejuvenated yep glad to have you back buddy glad you're feeling okay uh, plenty to get into today. We have got some snippets from around the Premier League, including one plucky little team that just finally managed to sell out their season tickets. And you got to feel for this plucky little team. They're from northern part of England. Northwestern part. You don't really hear a lot about them, mm-hmm. but a lot of people have suddenly caught on. that They might be worth a watch, this little Manchester City. Mm-hmm. They So we'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, There's also a little bit of a discussion with Manchester City and one of their players between how he's used with that team and the English national team, so we can get into that. Uh, uh, Soccer League, again, a piddling little nothing soccer league is sponsoring a team from Wales, so we'll talk about that. I cannot wait to hear you and myself. We're, there's no way. Try we're, not to gonna, we're not going to get it right. Team. We're not going to get it right no, Of course at all. we will. It's just letters lopped together. We're not going to get it right. Mm-mm. And a former Manchester United legend in yeah. trouble. Two-time Manchester United two-time, legend. Two-time. Champ. So we'll get into that. Uh, and of course, we're going to talk about this New England situation because uh, coaching legend Bruce Arena mm. definitely has not had a good uh, month or so, which should be said. So we'll get into all that coming up here, Beam. How was your weekend? What'd you get into? Anything spe- specific other than doing Buckeye post game no, stuff? No, not really. I mean, that's what uh, that's what I'm doing throughout the weekends. God bless neighbor Eric. Uh, him his wife and then a couple of his buddies one of the guys who actually runs the liverpool group here uh in town are currently over in england oh uh, so that's okay. what they're doing they t- took a two uh two week trip over there so that's pretty cool they've been sending me pictures from london uh flipping the bird to the emirates flipping the bird <laughs> to Stamford bridge when they've been there yes uh, i always i always love sending sign language uh i guess obscenities towards buildings yeah that's one of my favorite things it's great right yeah. so they're over, not hurting anybody they're no over one there can get mad at that um yeah i've been doing post game you know this part of the the year revolves a lot around the buckeyes here and obviously have my you know fulfillments and duties to do that but i was talking to neighbor eric the other day he's like oh man you know this was labor day weekend so this was a couple of weeks ago now and he's like what are you um what are you doing on saturday night do you want to have a cookout i like started to laugh i'm like well buckeyes play so i got to do post game again this year he was like post game for a Buckeye game? And I'm like, yeah, Eric, I've been doing it for the past six years, man. <laughs> like, yeah, every the every time I've I've talked to you on a Saturday during the fall, like, remember, I got to go into the radio station, yeah. I got to do post game. And he was like, they start up on a holiday weekend? What kind of? <laughs> and I was just like, God bless you, man. You're the best. Um, oh, so, yeah, no, Lord. just just been doing post game and uh, kind of hanging out, house sitting for them. Not really house sitting, just, just making checking sure. checking in, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. Just having Theo look at, out the window, making sure nobody's breaking in. There you go. Uh, so everything's good on that front. And then get a fun weekend coming up. You're doing post game show on Saturday. And then uh, it's Meredith's birthday on Sunday. And we're heading up to Michigan. We're going to a concert for her oh. birthday. 
Which and that's the uh, who's at this concert? We're doing uh, it's the 20th anniversary of Death Cab for Cutie that's and right. the Postal Service. Oh my gosh! So we're doing yes. that, and uh, it's been a fun week. We've been just constantly listening to the dulcet, sweet, sweet tones of Ben Gibbard. Um, so super excited about that. Excited to go up there. It's the first night Mayor's going to spend away from Willie since he's been born. Oh uh, yeah, so that's a big thing. Her mom's watching him, but no, it's it should be fun. We're excited about that. It's her birthday week, so. Uh, celebrating the queen in my life for sure. <laughs> there you go. The well, you ruler gotta, of our household. You got to do that. You yeah. got to you got to keep mama happy. That's that's always the way it goes around here. Yeah, we just went to uh, Ohio's for Lovers last weekend, and that's in that same kind of vein of yeah, bands. kind of. I, I mean, a little bit. It's they could they could fit. I mean, we yeah, saw. They, yeah, I'm trying to think the bands. So like Jimmy Eat World was the headliner. Mm-hmm. Alkaline Trio was uh, the other kind of main headliner, and then. A lot of bands that I'm sure you would know, like Under Oath. Mm -hmm. I know you know them. I'm not saying our listeners necessarily do, but if you do, welcome. Glad we're on the same page there. Hawthorne Heights singing Ohio is for Lovers at the Is for Lovers Festival that they founded in Ohio. Quite Quite a moment there. That was a lot of fun. Reliant K was there. A band called Emery that my wife and I really love was there. I saw Sayosin for the first time ever. That was pretty cool. So just a lot of these bands that I had listened to over the last 20 years it basically it's a bunch of elder millennial stuff yeah, uh, yes, so if you're yeah, an elder okay. millennial this was the festival i want to ask you. you this question too because i know you're going to Firefest next week it's, uh, you're gonna be you're super fest. yes it is it's furnace fest well, down in alabama at the sloss historic furnaces where i guess they used to make steel or iron or all of that i don't know what yeah, the difference you know what, is you know what they used to make that fire that, they did there were a lot of there's a lot that's what it is it's a blast furnace that's now doesn't work and they have Stuff there. It's an event center. So, so you're going to Firefest 2.0 next <laughs> yeah, week. That's right. But Meredith and I have been talking about, so we're going to this concert on Sunday. Where do you think that we're going to fit on the age range of mm. people who are in attendance at this concert? Because I can kind of, I can see it going both ways. I can see us being maybe a little bit of the older crowd, but I could also see us I, being on the younger I scale. I think you will probably be on the, I think you'll surprise yourself and be on the younger. I think you'll be in the, like, if there's a bell curve, of the oldest and the youngest, yeah. I think you will be on the slope that is heading up from youngest to not like, I think the middle range of that crowd would be older than you. Mm-hmm. Like the biggest amount of people yeah. there would be older than you. You guys are, I've always thought. Like Death Cab's still big today, but I feel yes. like it does like, it breeds like an older audience. I don't think Death Cab is, is catching the youths. Like Probably it, not. You know, the 15 to 25 year old crowd, I don't think is as much into it. And that's okay. Right. I mean, at this show I went to, it's funny. I see a lot of people that I'm like, well, this will be around the same time, like same timetable. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. And the, the show we went to this is for lovers festival. When I went there, I was like, oh, all these people are like my age. And then I would realize, no, no. What I'm looking at is the same age of people that have always been at concerts, which is like that 18 to 24 crowd. But that also that and kind it, of music. So Some of them were there, but I'm like, holy hell, I am. 15, 20 years older than some of but these people. But that music has so much like staying older, not older, has so much staying powder power at that age range because yes. it's so angsty and it is yes. so emotional. That's right. And like you're going through so much at your life at that point. Oh yeah. That I feel like that doesn't matter. Like it'll just consistently be between the ages of like 16 and 24. Yeah. It's 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 right in that way. That's when I got into that music. Of course. And then I and I didn't drop it. I didn't go like, oh, that stuff sucks. Now I'm much older and no. more mature. Oh yeah. Dude, I will tell you this, though, and for anybody who knows these, if you don't know these bands, skip ahead another minute. I'm sorry. But if you do know these bands, just know this. I had completely lost track of Under Oath. I have listened <laughs> to their stuff for years. Yeah. 
So what I knew last was in 2010, Aaron Gillespie, who was their drummer, left the band. And he's their clean vocals guy. He doesn't scream. The other guy, Spencer Chamberlain, okay. is the screamer yeah. that you hear when they're singing and screaming. But he plays the drums and sings. So that's, a again, a thing I always find to be a fun thing to see at a concert. Last I had heard, he was out of the band. I had not even paid attention to the fact that back in 2015, he rejoined the band, and they've put out albums since with him in it. Great. Didn't know that. So we get to this concert, and I'm with my friends Elaine and Jesse, who both also listen to this band. And Elaine and I worked at the radio station where we played Under Oath dozens and dozens of times a day because they were just our most popular band. So we're talking, and I'm like, is Aaron Gillespie back with the band? She goes, no, I think he's long gone. And I said, yeah. Then we're talking about all the other guys in the band that used to be in it. We're like, well, that guy's gone, and this guy's probably gone. And then out walks a dude with bright red hair, <laughs> super long hair. And I'm like, either they – and he sits down behind the drum kit. And I'm like, either they found a guy <laughs> who looks like Aaron Gillespie or it's him. And we're both like, what? And we're losing our minds because I didn't do any research on this show. And so that was just a great moment to, like, rediscover that, oh, yeah, my, all, and all the guys are back in the band. All our favorite guys. So it was a very cool day. So where would you put Senses Fail? Like, would that be more Ohio's for Lovers or more Firefest? Oh, I, uh, <laughs> Furnace Fest. Um, I feel like Ohio's for smack, Lovers. I know. They're yeah, smack they're in like the middle. Because they, I mean, like, dude, there was a pit yeah. for Under Oath. I mean, we were in yeah. there. Like, I was, I was in there. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that, but I get in there. <laughs> I'll tell you this. Pit so, bone. so Furnace Fest has. MXPX, Reliant K, a bunch of punk and emo type yeah. bands, right? Yeah. Uh, is it Piebald or Peebald? I don't know yeah. if you remember that. They're, they're there. Like a lot of these bands that are awesome, that are of that emo scene from the early 2000s. And then there's a stage that's called The Shed. Get Off the Shed, Will Ferrell. That stage features Hatebreed, Norma Jean, Throwdown, yeah, real heavy like stuff. all this heavy stuff. So that is like that's actually kind of what it's known for is that heavy stuff but they have a lot of pop punk stuff there too so i think yeah census fail would fit right into that i'm sure they've played it i'm sure they've, they've i love them i love yeah. them very much yeah they're they're an amazing band so is that who's the band that had uh skrillex was the lead singer of and then he i don't know i can't remember but yeah. that guy like lost his voice and then he ended up being like i'll do some djing and became skrillex and it worked out okay but yeah, he was in one of those type of bands too. I forget who it a was. A quick Google search. Yeah. You could probably figure that out. First to last? First to last. From first to last. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So like he he's and that's another band that would fit in perfectly at either of these yeah. festivals. But all right. Well, enough of that. Thank Have fun you for, at Firefest. <laughs> it's not actually fire. all next fire. So no. uh we're doing our podcast because you're going next weekend to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're recording our, our podcast on Wednesday of next week. Mm -hmm. I cannot I can't wait. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm I'm very excited for you. I'm, oh well, I appreciate that. I, I I know it's like we're gonna have another podcast where we can still talk about this stuff, but I promise we won't. It'll we'll be actually, a recap of the Death Cab and the Postal Service. That's for that I'm looking forward to because that is also going to be a great. That's that's it's a little more mellow than the stuff I like to listen yeah, to, but I definitely bit. appreciate it. And yeah, but you enjoy cover all spectrums, right? Yeah, I mean, I listen to a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, just not a big fan of Billy, Billy Joel, Joel. Not and my kind. Uh, the drummer for oh Metallica, Metallica. Lars Ulrich yeah. <laughs> although you know what Lars is just a he's just an odd duck but Metallica rules they're great um so nothing against Metallica other than Lars he sucks <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of guys who suck Bruce Arena appears to suck and uh he is no longer the manager of the New England Revolution so he resigned on Saturday following a nearly six-week investigation by the law firm Proskauer Rose, which was hired by MLS to look into allegations of, quote, insensitive and inappropriate remarks made by the now former Rebs manager. Okay. So he'd been on administrative leave, and Richie Williams, which 
just get ready for this. There's a lot of dudes whose names are going to come up in this. If you're an <laughs> older MLS fan, you're going to be like, oh, that guy. Oh, that guy. Yes, because all these guys played in MLS. Was but- this a, like big soccer era? Right? Isn't oh, that the for website sure. That yes, yes. The big on? soccer message board era yeah. back in the day. Yeah. So Richie Williams was the assistant coach who was managing them, uh, I believe, to a 1-1-3 record. So that's not great. But this isn't necessarily what's going on with the story. Uh, the players refused to train, it appears, because they feel like Richie Williams had something to do with Bruce Arena getting canned. And so the players wanted clarity on, well, what kind of complaints did you make? Richie Williams. Is this like a Game of Thrones situation? Yeah, like, did you get this guy fired? And I guess the, I'm trying to remember who was there. It was maybe the president of the team, Brian Biello, or Bellello, rather. Kurt Anolfo, again, another guy who played back in the day and has been a manager and technical guy all throughout MLS. They were both in a conference call where they said that Williams would be with the club. But then later that day, they said, oh, wait, never mind. We're going to replace him Mm. with Clint P., who is now the head coach. He was Revolution 2 head coach. They've kicked Richie Williams to the curb and said now Clint P. is going to be in charge there. So here's what is unclear. The players basically said, we want to know what Richie Williams did. We want to know what his role was in this. And the powers that be, I think it was Brian Bellello, among others, said, no, sorry, we can't answer that. So like we're, just said, not gonna, we're just not going to yeah. do that. Players then said, well, if you won't tell us what's going on with Richie Williams and what his involvement was, then we're not playing for him. Okay. And we'll, we will not train. So they did not train, apparently, on Tuesday of this week. So that's what led to all this new development in this story. And it is, I don't know, Beamer. I mean, this, this does not sound like a team that I would not expect unless they just suddenly band together. Mm-hmm. You'd think this is going to be a tough thing for them to overcome during the rest of the season. Well, yeah, you certainly would think that. Not only did you get one coach fired, but you got your interim manager as well fired. And it really seems to, like, whenever this kind of stuff happens, sometimes you see a locker room split. But it doesn't even seem like they're split. I mean, it seems like they just both hate, like, all their parties inside the locker room hated this Richie Williams character. And the crazy part, too, is, like, reading this article and, like, all the new information that came out, it's like the team actually, and the, I don't know the way that you picture it, but when I when I hear, like, oh, the team's having a meeting with a coach, it's like, hey, guys, get in here, like, after you wrap up training or, you know, practice or just kind of whatever. Like, I imagine it, at least in my mind, as, like, this very informal thing where it's like, okay, before we get you out of here, we want to do 10 minutes, you know, coach got fired, yada, 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 whatever. Here's kind of what happened. And you talk, you know, open air about that stuff. The crazy part to me is like there was actually like an HR professional who oh, like yeah. works for the Revs who was like in there and it's like we got to cover our bases like legally with everything that's happening. We can't like that's say what happened. That's the that's the crazy part to me. Yeah. Well, and again, this is this is a head coach. Anytime you're firing a head coach or you're you know moving away in this case because of a controversial situation, I can understand the players' frustration totally if they're like, hold on a second, we don't work at Kinkos. Yeah. I mean we. We're for we're a profe- giant like yeah, corporation. We're, we're a professional soccer team, and this is the guy that you've chose to lead us. Not only did you choose him to lead us, but this is a guy who is a lot. I mean, some of these guys, some of them probably decided to play for the Revs versus another team because they're like, oh, Bruce Arena's the coach. Yeah. That's a That guy can coach. He knows what he's doing. Whether or not everybody likes Bruce Arena, and certainly I have my issues with him, you know, again, whatever these remarks are, we, we, we have not yet found out what they were. We don't know mm-hmm. if he said anything that's – it appears it was enough that he had to be let go. Yeah. Right? What I six find six-week investigation on it, right? Yeah. Well, what I find very interesting is this. So 
Shaori Joseph, former Revs player and former longtime MLS player, Shaori Joseph, who was a very good player back in his day, and Dave Vandenberg. Dave Vandenberg played on the New York Red Bulls team that the crew beat in 2008 in MLS Cup. Just little tie-ins of these guys' careers. They both were playing back when I was banging, back in like the early mid-2000s. That These guys were really solid MLS dudes. Back when so, I was going to Unearth concerts. <laughs> hey, I'm still doing that. So I'm just saying these two guys, they played in the league. They played against Bruce Arena. They, you know, they probably, I'm trying to think, probably played for Bruce Arena at least Shaori Joseph probably did at some Had point. Had a relationship with him, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying these are guys who knew him from long ago. They apparently were on the side of Bruce Arena and said, this is no good. They This article on ESPN from Jeff Carlisle, and I think the Athletic art, article also kind of references how there was like a division between the coaching staff, mm-hmm. between the guys who were kind of in Bruce Arena's camp and the guys who thought, Maybe he wasn't such a good dude. And apparently Richie Williams was on that side of it. Yeah. So, and, and the allegations are that Richie Williams made the allegations. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of where and this all has. Yeah. yeah. So when he was tasked to become the, the leader of the team, Richie Williams was asked how United is the coaching staff. And his quote is very telling. So someone says, how United is the coaching staff right now? And you tell me if this sounds like a guy who believes there's a good cohesion with the coaches. He said, quote, just in terms of the staff, with me personally as the interim head coach, they've asked me to take over, to be the coach until the end of the season, hopefully into the playoffs and to a championship. And that's obviously what I'm going to do moving forward. <laughs> so not so, so a non-answer okay. of how good is the unity of no, the no, coaching no, sure, staff. Coach, I, I'm not sure if you heard my question, how United is the coaching front here. Yeah, I'm right. looking forward to coaching this team throughout the rest of, of the course. season yeah. and in the playoffs. Yeah. Go Revs. So this is, I mean, again, this Jesus. is this is a really, really odd situation. And uh, for those, again, who don't know Richie Williams' career, this is a guy who got capped 20 times with the national team, played for many years in MLS. He was one of the founding guys for D.C. United, bounced between D.C. United and what was then the Metro Stars, eventually New York Red Bulls. So, I mean, he's been with Bruce Arena a long time. Played with Bruce Arena, I believe, at Virginia, I think, is where he went to college, which Bruce Arena coached at Virginia. So Richie Williams has a long history with Bruce Arena, too. So I don't know to what level this all occurred. I don't know exactly where all this came from. Uh, There was a – remember, I don't know if you saw this last week. There was an uh, Apple TV reporter, someone who covers MLS, and I forget her name, sadly – where she was doing a stand-up and talking about like the situation, and okay. she referenced that Bruce Arena had made racist remarks. Yep. And then she has now been suspended for that because technically that's not something that has ever been alleged in this thing. All that's been said is inappropriate remarks. We don't know to what degree we they were know. inappropriate. Yeah. We don't know what they are. So then MLS said basically and she had an apology the next day that was like i accidentally said the wrong thing and whoopsie that was my bad shouldn't have done that i take full responsibility for my words and then she has not been on the air since so again is that what is being behind the scenes maybe that's known internally but not public yeah Yeah. and so maybe she said something or maybe she just i i could see this you hear inappropriate remarks in your brain you just go oh maybe that's what he said you know again I, i couldn't blame her for necessarily making that connection, but we don't know that. And so that's what I'm saying. This thing is very contentious. And if you know MLS well enough, like we do watching this league, they don't disclose a lot. They don't have to. No. 
And sadly, they don't get the media coverage that probably warrants. Like, the NFL could not get away with this. No. At some point, if there was an allegation that a head coach had made some kind of remarks, you will find out about oh, look what at this exactly. past week's news with the whole Jerry Jones situation. Yeah, right. With Jim Trotter, former NFL yeah. media guy, uh, coming out and saying these are things that were alleged to have been said by Jerry Jones and uh, Terry Pagula, who Owners owns the Bills. Bills. Right. So I'm just saying this, I think, will eventually come out what was said, but it's going to be... <laughs> It's going to take some MLS reporters doing some really tough digging. And I don't mean that as a shot at MLS reporters. I know that they do their job very well. I also just know MLS has enough of a kind of, they have enough control over media access that they can swat some of this away for a while. They have enough like in the cloak of darkness kind of dealings, I feel like, to be able to get away with this. To be clear, what I'm saying is if there was something with Roger Goodell, ABC News would send people. CBS News would send people. Not just NFL reporters and sports reporters. They would send some of their journalists who cover the White House or cover other things. They would send that level of journalists, and those people would be like, I'm sorry, I don't care. I'm going to stake out Roger Goodell's house until we get an answer. That's Mm -hmm. fine. Like, they would just, it'd be a different level. MLS is probably not going to have that level of attention put on it. That's why I'm saying they might be able to go a little further before this gets out, but it will get out eventually. Yeah, it certainly will. And like I buried lead as far as, you know, their actual standings, like this is a team that won supporter shield a couple of years ago, like blew out all the records, right? Yeah. Like point totals. Like it's win now mode for them. They're in second place in the East. Oh yeah. Like this isn't like a team that's, you know, I mean, sitting in like 25th, 26th place across the table, like, oh, they're not going to make the playoffs. All of this has gone to hell because this is a bad season. Like, this is a real, like, contender, too. So well, they went 1-1-3, one, one, and three, like I said. They're still only nine points back of Cincinnati. Yeah. So, and, and I'm just saying, this is a team that had they done a little bit better, not that, I mean, again, three ties and a win, that's, that's still a decent amount of points, but it's not the same amount as if you cobbled together, like, three wins or something there right. and, you know, didn't have a loss, let's say. I mean, I'm just saying, in this title race, if you want to try to win the Supporters' Shield, they they had a chance at it, and they still may they'll st- they could still win an MLS Cup, but this turmoil in the middle of this time of year, it's not good. We always talk about August, September, October. That's when you want to be playing your best soccer. Late August into September, that's when you really want to start getting things working. And you have this is what's their late August, early September has been is this scandal. So. Yeah, good luck with all that. It's going to be tough. The only way I could see this working out is if once they get past this Richie Williams situation, if they just band together, the yeah. players do and say, F everyone else, we're winning this for us. We don't care about who's our manager. We're just we're just going and doing it. But they just set out practice yesterday, so clearly this is on their minds. Oh, of course it is. What uh, do you think about uh, crew in Orlando? This I'd be thrilled with the point. They haven't lost the yeah. MLS game since July. Orlando, Yeah, Orlando's tough. They're tough at home, and the crew getting something out of this game would be massive not to borrow the phrase <laughs> I mean, they, getting a point on the road here is something that i i would i would take that as almost like a win yeah and same. i don't mean that as in they can't beat orlando or anything like that i'm just saying you've had the little layoff here of a week too that might play into it a little bit don't know what the weather's like in orlando but still going to be warmer than it has been i'm sure where they've been training and practicing here in columbus so yeah if they could get out of there with a win or a, a tie i'll take it as a win on this you get out of there with a win well you feel like you've taken six points yeah. i mean that's it is essentially it's one of those it's one of those games right because orlando's right there heading yeah, in the they're standings. two points ahead of you in the yeah. standings in i mean third. It's, so a tie is is to me the that's the job yeah that's what you're aiming for in this game so we'll find out uh, we'll take a break and come back when we do we'll get into some of the premier league stuff next you're listening to bone and beam united
Welcome back to Soccer Podcast. What? Let me do that again. No, Sorry. I'd Damn say it. stick with it. Okay, Who cares? Fine. There's All no right. rules. Keep it in there. That's fine. The best podcast in the entire world. Bone and Beam United. Uh, we are back. You can follow us on Twitter at Bone Beam United. So we have to start with this. Welcome back to Soccer Podcast. <laughs> I told you it's the dumbest thing. We should have just cut it. No. We're leaving it in. No, That's we're fine. not on the radio anymore. That's There's fine. no rules. It's You're the best. right. No rules. Just right. Um, Whatever that's from. Outback Steakhouse. Uh, La Liga, you know, that piddling little soccer league that's yeah. just one of the biggest leagues in the world. Mm-hmm. They've done something that I feel like if Major League Soccer had done it, it would be roundly rejected and laughed at. But because La Liga is doing it, it's deemed as kind of cool. I think it's a great idea either way. I'm just saying I don't feel like MLS would be looked at as this is a great thing. They have announced they are sponsoring a small Welsh soccer team. Welcome to Wrexham, baby. Yeah, but it's not even Wrexham. Uh, so this club is known as CPD Lon, well, it's spelled Lon Fair Pool FC. So Welsh is a tough language. It's very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the shortened version of the town name. Let me read you the town's official full name, okay? What? Are you going to try to read it or are you going to no, no, spell no. it? I'm going to spell the town name out, okay? Bear with me because okay. it's fairly long. We actually have audio uh, enhancement here that will help us figure out how to say this in a moment but here's how this club this team or city name is spelled okay the town is l-l-a-n-f-a-i-r-p-w-l-l-g-y-g i'm sorry g-w-y-n-g-y-l-l-g-o-g-e-r-y-c-h-w-y-r-n-d-r-o-b-w-l-l-l-a-n-t-y-s-i-l-i-o-g-o-g-o-g-c-h This town name sounds like the thing that you have at the end of a bit.ly link that's like (laughs) bit.ly dot blah, 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 right? It sounds like when you just smash on your keyboard and you come up with a random, you know, 35 character, whatever, just outcome. So this is... This or is one the of those name. automated password, like very secure passwords. <laughs> yes, that's on your right. Computer that it's it like, generates. do you want Google to remember this yeah. password? It's like better remember it because I definitely won't <laughs> ever. I hope you remember it. So this is the town that they are sponsoring. They have a club team. Now, Beamer, you found a weather report. Yeah, Liam Dutton looks like he is working for Channel Four and a British public broadcast service. Okay, he actually pronounces this town name so you can hear roughly what that is go ahead and play that take it away liam doing a great job here let's get a little weather update for you now today we had a big contrast in temperature across the uk just 12 degrees over coastal parts of eastern england with cloudy skies but in the sunshine in northwest wales at raf mona just up the road from clan by the push wing the temperature got to 21 celsius at 70 in Fahrenheit. did you catch it he said go 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 like that's because that's the geo G-O-G-O. I need to hear it it again. Cloudy skies, but in the sunshine in northwest Wales at RAF Mona, just up the road from Clan Byrdapushwing, it's called Gerequindrobo, Clantasiliogogogogog. The temperature got to 21 Celsius. (laughs) Dude, he nailed it. He nailed it. What a great guy. Great job out of him. And again, I understand. (laughs) I Listen. I know that there are differences in language. I understand that there are words, I'm sure, in German. That are, if we saw them and tried to pronounce them, we would completely mess up. Hey, speak for yourself. I, and then you've got like Russian and Estonian and all yeah, these other languages right. where it's like we don't even understand their alphabet, or at least many people who speak, you know, in the Arabic alphabet, right? We don't understand it. So that's all another thing. I'm just pointing out it's it's interesting to find out 
that there's a town name that's that long. I'm I not mean, even going to try it. I feel like if you put they, – they apparently sent them, La Liga did. They're going to sponsor – so La Liga will be on this team's jersey mm-hmm. as the jersey sponsor. They also sent them a new signage for the town that says, welcome to that town name spelled out but it's all in like la liga font yeah and that's cool very cool very nice thing and it's bringing a lot of attention to the town and of course this is something that's going to bring some attention to that team so the uh club lanferpol whatever fc mm-hmm. will celebrate their 125th anniversary in 2024 that's so really cool. that is a cool thing that they've been around that long they're second from the bottom of the north wales coast west league division one so that's the fifth tier of welsh soccer of Welsh soccer, yes, which is distinct and separate from getting into like the, the UK. Bucket, yes. Technically, the bucket that allows you to play. So they are very, very. This is not welcome to Wrexham. No, this is even below. No, because Wrexham, where they Wrexham is like fifth division in the UK, they, like in the in the English system. And they got promoted to fourth. Yeah, I believe this yes. year. So they are in League live. Two. Yeah, that is correct. Right. So we're talking small, like way down from like the Shrimpers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a this is a group that we're talking about where none of these guys are probably getting paid much, if anything, to mm-hmm. play this game. They are probably semi-pro at best. Yeah, probably all just have regular jobs and they do this on the weekends. It, it, it's essentially what Sunday morning pub league soccer. Yeah. It sounds kind of like it might be, but let them live. This is cool. You can actually buy these jerseys. They'll be available for purchase for fans in the next few months. Uh, also, La Liga is planning a series of events with the club That's over the great. course of next season. So cool. you're bringing some. Some really cool notoriety to this club. I think that's awesome. Um, they wanted to have some links with grassroots football in the UK. And I and I do understand that because La Liga has to compete with the English Premier League for mm-hmm. eyeballs in Europe. And to compete for talent. I mean Yeah, I I think sometimes we get caught up in comparing the different professional leagues in soccer to like the NFL and Major League Baseball and NBA. It's probably more like conferences in uh college sports. Yeah. Right? Where La Liga is are they the SEC or the Big Ten? Right. Maybe not that, but they're maybe the ACC if you're a college football fan. Mm-hmm. Now, college basketball, all those conferences change, but you get the point. They're, they're in the mix of being one of the most powerful conferences, but the Premier League is the power conference. It is so the power. It rules the roof. So they are basically going into the backyard of the Premier League and saying, hi, we want to do something that helps raise our profile on this island and that's a good idea by them. I'm well, sure that got a lot of press. Especially, too, I mean, with the inability to watch games in England. Yeah. I mean, we right. have such an easier time. We watch every game. We have access to every single Premier League game over here, right? Yeah. I mean, you can have the the Peacock. You can watch whatever game that yep. you want. If every you have game USA, is on If Peacock. you have NBC, like whatever, like you can watch every game. That's not the case. What is it for Peacock? Like for the year, it's like 50 or 60 bucks. Yeah, I think I pay five ninety nine a month for Peacock. Right, but I'm saying if you want to pay the whole thing, I think it's less I than think 100 it's, bucks. I think it's fifty nine ninety nine. Yeah, I'm saying. So you could pay that and get every Premier League game, yeah. which NFL Sunday tickets like $300. Yeah. So I'm saying, what would that be in England to pay to get every game? I'm sure if they even have that package, which I don't think they do. Uh-huh. I mean, it'd be ridiculous. Well, because they don't—they want people to go to their grounds. Like, they yeah, right. They, yeah, they don't want their atmospheres to suffer. Well, be people just staying at home. And look how well that's working uh-huh. for plucky old Manchester City, because they have announced they've sold out every ticket they've offered up for all 19 Premier League home Good games this season. Good for them. <laughs> they uh, apparently what a joke. They changed up their ticketing policy this summer. Is that what it was? Uh, they well, they talked to fan group City Matters and made the majority of tickets for every game available at the same time. Which, uh, color me crazy or color me stupid or whatever the term is. I didn't know this was a thing. I thought, like, you know, the NFL or Major League Baseball or NBA. Pick your sport. 
You can go get a Blue Jackets ticket right now for March. Yeah. You can go look and say, you know what? I know in March we have nothing. There's an opponent coming out. If see. they come out with, like, let's say the Blue Jackets, and I know the Blue Jackets tickets are open, so, like, we'll take that for example. Like, like once the schedule is out and they have tickets available, like, all the tickets are available for yeah. purchase. You can go buy a season ticket, clearly, but you can also buy just a ticket for any game, a single ticket, yeah. you know, get 10 of them if you want for one game, whatever. Like, you can call up group sales. Different like, as a supporter, like as a road, as a traveling supporter, because then the other team, like the home team, won't make those tickets available in cert- until a certain designation before that event. Yeah, but- there are. And, and right. And I know that like some teams have done that with zip codes, right? Where it's like if yep. you're in an Ohio zip code, let's say for the Blue Jackets, you might be able to buy tickets earlier. But again, that's usually only for playoff games or, or certain really big games. Uh, I'm quite sure if you're in Montreal and you want to buy a Blue Jackets ticket when they play the Canadiens, you can get it and travel down here and go see that game. In England, I know they have had so many issues with fans over the years, and they obviously have to be very careful about letting away supporters in and that kind of thing. Well, remember, too, back in the FA Cup uh, between City and United when they had the Manchester Derby just this past year, I mean, both teams, both fan bases coming from the same city, they had to move the kickoff up because they didn't want to play it into the night and have, like, unrest. And they also diverted the traffic out of the city. So city supporters took one route to Wembley. United supporters took a whole different route so they wouldn't have any intersection on the road down there. Oh, my gosh. that's I didn't even know that. That's incredible. But, yeah, so, I mean, this is, to me, this is something that I'm just shocked that that's how it's done. I do understand, I guess, partially why it is. But they had already sold out of every game that they had offered but they had not offered all the games. So I guess their fans were like, hey, you know what you should do? Put all the games up there and see what happens. And sure enough, they sold out. All it so. took for them was winning five out of six of the last Premier Leagues to yeah. win the treble last year. And poof, all of a sudden, like, oh, now we're going to pack the Etihad. Uh, yes. Also, mm-hmm. apparently they're packing it so well, or they th- anticipate that that will happen, that they're expanding the North Stand. Eventually, that will increase capacity to over 60,000. I there. give them credit because the renderings look pretty sweet, and they pump money into that club. Well, yeah, they do. I mean, they've we have seen it on the roster, so you might as well pump it into the stadium. Have you as well. seen their training grounds too? Like their training grounds? Oh, I'm, I um, haven't, but I'm sure they're sick. I don't know if they're quite up to the standard of like what Real Madrid just unveiled at the Bernabeu, um, <sighs> but they're it's pretty impressive. Like compared to all the United fans being upset about the Glazers unwilling to spend money on like the training complex and how Old Trafford's like falling apart. Like City, hey man, uh, like it or not, they charge it to winning. Like everything that they do with their stadium, with their training facilities, like everything about that club, like whatever the cost, they don't care. Yeah. I, well, and I, I do not understand the, just my little one-minute rant on people who buy soccer teams. Why are you buying this? Yeah, same. You know, if if you go out and you say, yeah, all I can afford to drive as a car is a, you know, a Mazda or a Honda or something like that, which are great cars. They're awesome. They get you where you need to go. But if you go to the dealership and say, I want a Ferrari, mm-hmm. and the dealership's awesome, all right, we're going to, sell you that and you're like cool i've got the money i'm gonna buy a ferrari and then it's time to get the tires changed and that cost you twenty thousand dollars you can't be like what the hell is this i'm not doing that that you bought a ferrari that's what the tires cost Throw a couple of spares on there oil changes are going to cost you five or ten grand i mean they're not cheap to maintain those cars you buy a soccer team in the premier league it's not cheap to maintain let alone if you want it to continue being the ferrari that you bought you're going to have to treat it like a Ferrari. You're going to have to get upgrades to it, man. And those aren't cheap. So God forbid, get relegated and then well, lose yeah, access to at that least, Ferrari. At least when you're in the Ferrari league, every year they give you a, thanks for being in the Ferrari league. Here's some giant Ferrari money. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get to keep maintaining your Ferrari. If you fall out of that, 
then you don't get that money. So not only is it beneficial to be Champions League and all that stuff, you get extra money for that too. Yeah, you have to pay it. You have to pay these players to get to that level. But why did you get into this if you don't want to do it? I agree wholeheartedly. Why did you get into buying any of this stuff if you don't want to do that? If you bought, you know, I don't know, South End United or something, then all right, I get it. But you bought Manchester United. You bought Manchester City. Yeah. That's what it costs to maintain an Look upgrade. Look at Newcastle. I mean, Newcastle's spending Newcastle, nothing, right? Yeah. I mean, and, and now that's where things are ha- headed, right? You've got oh, of course. You've got people coming in, billionaires, you know, Saudi or Middle Eastern, you know, bitter, billionaires coming in and conglomerations of, of countries' public funds that are coming in and buying smaller clubs than Manchester United, Manchester City, and then saying, but we'll run them like Manchester United, Manchester City should be run. Yeah. We'll pay all that money. We don't care. We, we want to be up there, too, and look what it's done for Newcastle. I so. think the more spending from for, more spending from billionaires, the better, I think, for everybody. Like, I don't feel bad. Yeah. It's like, oh, this guy's going to cost $200 million. Like, okay. Like, you should, yeah, I mean, I, you I, should I, have the funds to be able to provide that. Like, I'm not going right. to feel bad for you, like, if you cry poor. Like, no, you, I, I you've never. You've got me all messed up on that. But I've yeah. never understood that when people, like, I, like, that even happened with the Browns, with the Haslam family, yeah. where, I mean, I thought it was ridiculous how much money they paid to Sean Watson, but not because... I think it's not their money to spend. It's I think you could have gotten more out of your team if you'd not put all that money into one guy. Just don't. But again, if you don't come back the next week and go, whoopsie, we have no money now. Oh, no. Like, then I don't care. But if you're going to suddenly use some of those spends to go, oh, we can't upgrade the facilities. Look how much we spent on the roster. Not an excuse. That's no, it's not an excuse. You chose to do that. So that needs to happen. Clearly, they got to keep up with it. And so Manchester City is the. Glazer family will find out if they, I mean, they need to sell it. They need to get out of that. And ho- hopefully for your sake, they will. Right. I, mean, I hope so. I mean, yeah. we've been talking about it since like two years ago. Yeah. No kidding. Um, so speaking of Manchester city, we'll stick there for a second. England manager, Gareth Southgate uh, was defending his use of Phil Foden in a wide position um, because team people are saying, well, maybe this isn't the best place to play him. Mm. And he said, well, uh, this is what he does for his club team. And we feel like if that's what he's going to do for the club team, that's what he should be doing here because that's what he's used to playing. And when he was asked about, you know, why not move him back, he said, you'd have to speak to Pep, who's the best coach (laughs) in the world, who plays him from wide. He's always got the freedom to drift if we play him wide, and that's important. Which is, I mean, that's the other part of that, right, is you have teams and managers that say, we want you to play out here, but if you're a great player – they're not going to get mad if you cut inside and you go out and find the ball and then go make plays. As long as also you're too, like, covering your responsibilities tactically, yeah, go drift, get the ball, do what you got to do. Like, let's realize what Phil Foden does, what he does for Manchester City, and you can use and possess those same skill traits and possess it at a different area of the field. Yeah, all right, that's true. Like, you, right. can, you can do both. Like, and so if Gareth Southgate's there, it's like, hey, man, we want you to play number 10. I know that you don't do that for City. That's not your role. We have somebody else at City that can do that. If that person went down to an injury, we would need you to step into that role, and Pep would have to put you in there. So I don't understand this whole, like, wow, he doesn't do it at City. Like, he's very good in love. And he is. Like, he's he's very, very good when he plays for City, and he's really good when he plays for England, too. But, I mean, sometimes you need to be a little bit malleable in this situation. I feel like, I feel like the Gareth Southgate... The honeymoon is now over for them. Oh, it definitely is. Because they had a chance in the World Cup, right? That went to turmoil. You had a chance. You were in the finals against Italy. Is it coming home? No. He got beaten penalties in that one. Um, so yeah, the, that, I, I honeymoon, that honeymoon is starting to get over. And I feel like the more and more stories that come out like this, it just kind of like goes deeper like down the rabbit hole. Like Take, Ed, uh, take uh, Eduardo Camavinga, for example. Yeah. Plays for Real Madrid, okay? 
arguably young kid, 20, 21 years old. Like, if you listen to this podcast, you, yeah, I'm you sure know that who he you, is, you know right. who he is. So he signs for Real Madrid, and he's going to play as you know, controlling midfielder. That's what they want to do. Or play back a little bit. You want to play defensive midfielder? Okay, that's cool. But we want you in there, right? Learning from Modric, your guy Modric, yeah, and Tony Kroos. Of course, like great, pretty great good, guys to learn from. Pretty good yeah. guys to learn from. I have an issue at left back, and what does Big Carlo do? Big Carlo says, hey, Eduardo, I know that we signed you to play midfield. Why don't you play left back for us? Because we need you there. Guess what? Graded out, it's one of the best left backs in the world. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is a beneficial thing to have when you have someone who can be flexible and move and and you know where he plays for France no. in the midfield. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you can do you can, you can do both. Well, right, you can and do I, both. I do understand Gareth Southgate's idea of I'd like him to do the thing that he's been doing the most, but I also think that if it was viewed that by him, I'm not saying by the fans, but mm-hmm. if Gareth Southgate thought no, we genuinely need to play him more mid you know, more in the middle and we need him to be more that type of guy. I, I think he is just saying based on what I have, I don't need that. Yeah. I need him out wide more. And this is what I think he's best at. Why fit him into a situation that maybe he could be better doing it elsewhere for us, but we, we don't feel that that's where we want him to play. I, I, I see both sides to it. I do see the fans saying, why let the, you know, the manager who is, you know, the guy for his club team, even though, yes, that guy is Pep Guardiola. Why let him dictate what the national team does? But welcome to international soccer. I mean, the national team is going to have that dictated by who's going to be released and available, yeah. right? And and if you've got a manager... Young kids are coming up and fighting for spots. Yeah. And if you have a manager at the club level who is drilling into guys' heads, I need you here, I need you there, this mm-hmm. is how we play. You know, again, we've talked about Greg Berhalter. Now he is a national team manager, right? But... Greg Berhalter's responsibilities for the national team, and then previously when he was a club coach, his system is very different than some other coaches around the world. So when his players would go to their national teams, they have to kind of break out of what he would have them doing and do what their national team manager wants. And it's such a drill type of system too. With yeah, him. and it's and I'm just saying like that's something that the best players in the world have to figure out anyway. Mm-hmm. So Phil Foden not being trusted to do that right now by Gareth Southgate, yeah, that could be a bit of a tactical error. But again, I I do understand where Gareth Southgate's coming from on this is saying I'm not taking him and putting him in a spot that some idiot manager that I don't agree with is putting him in. I'm putting him in the same place Pep Guardiola puts him, and we both feel like he's capable of doing this. But when you're like England and when you've gotten close, when you you, you fall out of the World Cup like you did to France, and when you go down to Italy on penalty kicks at Wembley in the Euros, you're looking to unlock that answer. Yeah, and that answer right. could be from going from playing Phil Foden wide and him cutting inside to playing him at the number 10 role. Like, that's right. Th- yeah. That's the expectations. And it could take one, fl- you know, one switch of a player to unlock something different. Yeah, so agreed. that's, I mean, that's just the gigantic expectations. that's on that country. Yeah. yeah very difficult and certainly not easy. So I, I'm, I'm curious to see how this works out, but also uh, I'm not a Manchester City fan. I'm not an England fan. So I'm not fails, either, but I great. am a Phil Foden fan, man. That no, guy he's, is, he's great. Yeah, he is he's, talented. He is terrific. Uh, before we go, let's talk about your guy, Paul Pogba. My guy. He admitted to Juventus that he took some nutritional supplements not knowing they contain testosterone. Uh-oh. Uh, that has led him to a positive drug test. That has led to a provisional four-year ban. Whoa. Whoa, that's a lot. That's a that's a lot, a lot. Considering like here in the NFL and in the States, it's like, oh, supplement testing, you know, ban HGH or positive tests for 
steroids, anabolic steroids, testosterone, whatever. It's like a six-game suspension. <laughs> also, uh, when did Paul Pogba turn 30? Like, I'm just – it I says in know. this story I that know. he's 30 years old, and I feel like, again, I'm having one of those moments where I got super old because I'm like, wait a second, Paul Pogba's 30 now? Well, I have to think. I mean, he's been so hurt. You know, he's kind of been back here in the States and rehabbing and training and apparently got sold something. I don't know if this was on purpose, if it wasn't on purpose. But a four-year ban, like, all right, well, they're pretty staunch about, like, their doping over there. Remember a couple of years ago, and by a couple I mean probably like 10 years ago, are you a big Tour de France guy? I mean, I, I check in to see occasionally how it went. I, I respect everything about it. I don't watch it every day. I'm a sicko. I watch it every day. Okay. All right. Um, And there was a – I'm trying to remember the guy's name. One, a very talented cyclist, and he was from Spain. And, you know, all those – I mean, those tour riders, there's a – rampant use of testosterone and trying to get your body to do that every single day. And I'm pretty adamant that that's at least for me, the hardest event in the world to compete in. Like, it's just, it's crazy what they do uh, to their bodies. But there was a, a story a few years ago back about like, how you know, I, I tested positive for drugs and, you know, I tested positive for testosterone and all these different things. And the outcome was like, Oh, I ate tainted meat and that tainted meat had like testosterone in it. So they're waiting on a, a B sample. Right. So, I mean, we'll see what can happen on that. But, I mean, we're talking like lifetime bans in other sports for this stuff. Yeah. And a four-year ban for Paul Pogba in the recent history that he's had with injuries. Like, that probably, that spells- if, if you see this through, like, that's going to be the, that'll be the end of of him. Yeah. That, I mean, at least in any meaningful big-time soccer. I mean, he, he might still be with a big club after that, but it would be as a, like, yeah, isn't it nice that we can afford the luxury of having Paul Bob come off the bench? I'm like, wondering if this is a Serie A drug test. It is. It appears that it is because. So, so he would be banned in Serie A, but yeah, technically I, he could go play in another league because they're not governing bodies. Yeah. Like, does UEFA well, have any said, oversight to this? They said that his contract could be terminated as a result of the suspension, which that also leads you to believe maybe if that happens, then right. I don't know. I don't think it's a UEFA ban as far as i can tell i said he could also face criminal charges and with a drug doping uh it's a criminal offense in italy so yeah that's very interesting so his defense on this is that he was given this by a doctor in miami it's a food supplement that is attainable in the u.s not available in italy so there's a disagreement between italian government and the u.s government on whether or not it should be allowed shocking u.s (laughs) the u.s government says it's fine italy does not and I don't know who's right on that, but what I do know is you play in Italy, that's where the contract's signed. Yep. I I can't imagine it's easy to know all the ins and outs of that, but I also do know these clubs pay quite a few people a lot of money to know. And if Paul Pogba calls his club up and is like, hey, man, my doctor prescribed this, or my doctor told me about this supplement, yeah. it's not a prescription, it's just a thing he bought for me, it's in the U.S., I can't find it here in Italy. Can you let me know if this is okay I think what you'd almost have to do every week if you're a big-time sports you know, uh, participant of any kind, whether it's soccer or otherwise, you have to be able to go to your anybody, team doctor, whoever, and say, I was just told about this. Before I get into it, before yeah. I even try to take it, can I take it here? Can is, it I take, is it legal? They will come back go. instantly and tell you, or within a very short amount of time, yes, it is, no, it isn't. And if he did that, and then he was caught doping, and yeah. then it was like, oh, the team messed up, guess whose fault that is? not yours it's the teams mm-hmm. and they probably isn't a suspension there's probably just a slap on the wrist you don't do this again like guys i tried to win i i all the hurdles and i you know crossed my yeah. t's i dotted my eyes i did everything before taking this like 
I know I ingested it. I literally went through every step to see if this was okay. Yeah, that's. there's no way that that should have happened, even if it is something that probably is over the counter and not that bad. I don't know. but Witchcraft and testosterone. It's the Paul <laughs> Pogba right. story. I forgot about the witchcraft part of that. <laughs> Man. He's dealt with a lot the last few Francis years. Francis' soccer team has been yeah. through quite the ringer. You've had that. You had all the Benzema, Karim Benzema stuff. Samir yeah. Nazari situation. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's, yeah. Well, anyway, good for France. Good for and Well, for they got a World Cup Juventus. out of it, so. They did. You know what? I would I would engage in witchcraft and all kinds of debauchery. Same. I would probably blackmail people. I already do. So. If I meant that we were going to get a World Cup win. <laughs> so, yeah, I'd think about it. All right, that's it for us. Thanks for listening. Before we, will, we get out of oh, here, yeah, yeah, sorry. I got one more thing. Yes, go ahead. So the ride from Clanby to Pushkwing, go get a Quindrobo, Clan to Silio, go, go, go. The temperature got to 21 Celsius. <laughs> hey, it's hot there. It is 21. 21, it's 21 Celsius. Boy, that's warm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. You know what, Beamer? If we ever do a show from there, we're going to say it right. We're going to learn it and we're going to say it right. <laughs> Let's let's do a show from Clive Land. I know that's the end. All right. That's the end for us too. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. It's Bone and Beam United.